Hats Off is an edutainment podcast that is in no way a substitute for clinical assessment, diagnosis, and treatment. The views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and their guest. Mental health is defined as a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. But sometimes we have to get real, and that's when we say, hats off. What's poppin'? Hello, hello, hello. We're back for another rousing rendition of Hats Off Podcast. Um, and we're in the stewed today at the Huga. What did you call it? The stewed. You know the young people like to cut all the letters off of things? I don't think that's a thing. It is. I listen to a lot of podcasts and they say the stewed. It's a thing. They stewed? Do. They do. That sounds like stool. It's not. I promise you it's a thing. Does yes. that not sound like stool? <laughs> It it's does. a thing. I listen to no, a I'm lot sure of No, I'm sure it's podcasts. a thing. I don't want them to think that's a thing. Well, they already think it. Stupid. And they got more listeners than us, so they they listening. Shit. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying people no. listening to it, so it's a thing. Well, we're at the studio. I apologize. I was not being, um, uh, I was not enunciating enough. No, just don't let be like just, the young people. Let me just <laughs> not be like the young people. I will be, you know, 36. Stupid. We're in the studio today at Huga, <laughs> And um, just to make sure everybody's good. Um, yes, we're here, and we have an amazing guest. And we're going to be talking about something awesome difficult so and I'll explain why I said it that way um, but yeah we'll get into that but first let's tip our hats to everybody Earl would you like to go first yes I am tipping my hat off to my good friend Bridget she actually graduated a few months ago with her license in massage therapy but she has a new Instagram page called B underscore symmetrical and it's all about doing different types of massages. Um, soft tissue manipulator is what she calls herself. Mm. Um, I'm gonna put her prices below, but she does t- 30 minute sessions, 60 minute sessions, 90 minute sessions. I think the 60 was only $50 or $55. Mm. So I mean, it's great rates. Mm-hmm. So check her out, I'll be attaching her link below. And she's Charlotte-based. Yes, and get in there, because when people are starting up, they have these lower right. prices, and then you get loyalty points when they start to raise their prices, yeah. when they start blowing up. So I'm so already just, booking my 60-minute right. session. Right, just so. know that. Just know that. You know, when the bright, when the rates raise, they'll be mad that you didn't get in okay. there in the beginning. So, yes. And I am tipping my hat to our good friend, Iambic. Um, the fun thing about when you tip your hat to someone in the studio, you don't actually have to read any of their things. You make them do it. So, um, and his name is uh, Angelo Jeter, um, and so we know him for real. So we will go between Iambic and Jeter and just know we're all talking to the same person. But that's it. All right, Jeter. You made it seem like you right. all these identity issues. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I who am I today? They'll be like, who was that? I'm like, same person. All who am I person. today? Who am I tomorrow? <laughs> Say hello to the people and tell them who you are. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's doing wonderful and beautiful on this day. Uh, Angelo, I'm I am. Reverend. <laughs> I 
and <laughs> the Lord said, thank you. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, Angelo Iambic Jeter. Uh, I'm a spoken word artist, um, uh, also an educator, working higher education, motivational speaker, all that good, beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll so. share all his information in the link below as well as at the end of the show. Oh, he's my profite too. Mm-hmm. Actually, the father of my line. Uh. Oh, hey, daddy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> asshole. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I was the nicest guy ever. The nicest guy ever, man. You know, we just had to lead the young gentleman into the light. That's all. That's all. (laughs) Do y'all need a session? Do we need a look? I think we need a special one. You see the look on his face? I statement, I feel. (laughs) (laughs) He's got... (laughs) But you made it over. Yeah. How I got over. Uh, <laughs> Next case. <laughs> All right. Well, let's check in for our weeks. How was your week, Earl? Oh, my week was super chill and great. I went to a trauma training, and I am, I guess, well, I passed the test All right. and paid hey. that damn money. Right. Did not come out of my pocket. My mm-hmm. job paid the money. Amen. Bless and you. got my certification as a certified clinical trauma professional. Yeah, so that yeah. was exciting. Wow. Um, I found some new interests. Mm-hmm. I want to get into some EMDR therapy and brain spotting. But so it was a real chill week. Okay. All right. All right. So my week, as in the Monday through Friday, was kind of tough. Um, I had someone I was acquainted with um, from a previous church I attended um, committed suicide. Oh, no. And that was tough just to, you know, think, you know, people are struggling. Um, and, yeah, um, but that happened. And then it was just a tough week. I just worked a lot, and it was hard. Um, but on Saturday, I got to take my son and my niece to Hamilton. Um, as y'all know, we have talked about this many a time. Carter is a huge Hamilton fan. He's been invested for like two years. And in the act of getting him to Hamilton, because, you know, they're highly coveted tickets. So um, the only way to guarantee he could go to Hamilton was for me to buy the season. And for me to buy the season, I had to buy a mini season the season before. So this was a huge investment. Okay, you got it like a whole year. Wait a minute. Right. And so to be, you know, as a single mom, it's like, you know, ooh, that's 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 steep. That's a lot of work. You know what I mean? But I'm always like, why am I doing all of this if not for him and I to have, you know, some of the things that he deserves, you know? Um, And so it was just amazing. They did really, really well. Um... You know, we're extra, so Carter wore, like, a colonial coat with, like, you know, <laughs> custom T-shirt. Shout out to Shay's Custom Creations. Um, and, you know, we got all the love. And I also got to take my niece, who's a big fan. She had a really hard summer, and so I was really excited to be able to take her as well. It was amazing. And then, hats off to Carter. He got selected as Hamill Kid of the Week. So the Hamilton musical, like, the, the big production, every week they pick a kid. Um, and they were saw his um, performance at Hamilton's. I guess that was earlier this year, or last year, um, where he performed uh, the opening song. And I posted it on his IG, which is Curious Carter's Curious Corner. And they saw it, and they posted it. And so I woke up this morning to a bunch of people like, Carter's Hamilton of the Week. And I woke him up, and he was screaming and running around the house. And just one of those moments where as a mom, you're like, oh, I'm so excited and proud for you, proud of you. So that was good. So, yes, shout out to Hamilton and uh, the Philip tour that we saw. Jeter and I both mm-hmm. have gotten to see it while it's in Charlotte. So it was quite amazing. amazing. Um, so, yeah, so my week is wrapped up quite well. And now I'm here with you, lovely gentlemen. So that's where we are. 
How was your week? GG? It was pretty good, you know. <laughs> what, is, what the hell is happening? She keeps changing She's everything. She's shorting everything. <laughs> what is happening? Stewed. By the way, it's the stew. Then... It's not stewed. Oh, it's a stew? Yeah, like I just came out the stew. Oh. Yeah. Well, why you ain't say that? Like, well, you know, I wasn't ago. sure. Honestly, at that particular could point, I wasn't sure it? if I could talk. Ooh. Oh, because oh, I had to <laughs> you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so I didn't know. You know, I didn't want to chime in. I wasn't sure the formality. Well, did like, you see how she like back up after she tried to come for your game? Like, did you Google it? All right. Yeah, oh, she never? did. Oh, I was oh. like, why did you say? Yeah. Why you ain't say nothing? Well, y'all coming for me? I can't come back. No, I can't. Exactly. You stay coming for me. I've been listening lately. Every time I say something, you come for me lately. Are you upset? I am. Yeah, this I don't be coming for you. You come for me a lot. I feel oh, like you I'm, said that wrong. Oh, you said that wrong. I feel you like I have to do me. an intervention with y'all you right now. You love to come for me. Girl, <laughs> I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Yeah. I feel like I got to do the intervention. <laughs> Look, Tell me how you're feeling about me. these things. I'm feeling hurt and angry. <laughs> coming for you. You stay coming for me. I don't feel this way. No. But I, I will know. hear you. <laughs> <laughs> See that conflict resolution? Look, but I hear you. You see that conflict resolution? That's how that works. Thank you for correct, because I don't want to be wrong. So, I didn't know it was called Stu. Oh, my God. I didn't know stew. that. So, yeah, we called us both something. But we're in the studio. I'm yes. obviously too old to be doing that shit, so I'm back. We're in the studio. But thank you, Jeter, for letting me know. How no was your problem. week? Uh, my week was pretty good. Uh, just really... <laughs> It's really busy. So for those that don't know, I work uh, like student activities at a university, and so uh, we have like four events this week. So it's oh, ridiculously busy, back to back. So I didn't get to get home until about like eleven o'clock at night. Mm. Uh, you had much. to go back on time. And it had to go back on time, or a little late, but uh, still had to go back in a reasonable time. So that was crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, weekend was pretty good. Um, actually, it's ironic you were talking about your friend that um, uh, committed suicide. Um, so I had a friend that she committed suicide two years ago, mm-hmm. and um, her best friend uh, created a team for the Out of the Darkness walk in Charlotte oh, yesterday. Yeah. So I didn't even know that was a thing that existed. Oh, yeah. And then I went out there and said, that was really great to see, you know, people kind of banding together, you know, to raise awareness about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that was good. Yeah. So, yeah, Out of the Darkness is a um, suicide prevention organization. They're national, and mm-hmm. every, like, city and major area has their own um affiliate of the national organization so if that's something y'all are interested in if you go to out of the darkness out.org you should be able to find like a local walk um and it's a really powerful experience i've been to a couple it's mm-hmm. really powerful that could be a resource yeah we will do that mm-hmm. out of the darkness out of the darkness yeah. i've never yeah. heard of them before and some it's i think really like awesome. in like california they do some of them they do at night and they do like a oh. hole and they walk from night till dawn and oh it's wow really powerful yeah so that's mm-hmm. crazy yeah this i was... think maybe that's how it originated actually mm-hmm. but yeah that makes cool. sense. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really, really dope. A lot of people out there. Mm-hmm. So it's sad, but it's good at the same time. Right, you know, it's like a sad right. thing to get people together for, but it's a good thing we're getting together for it. Right, so, right. Yeah. Which kind of leads into my statement around awesomely difficult. Um, we're going to be talking about grief and loss today and the process of healing from grief and loss. Um, and through my own grief experience, um, which I'll share a little bit later in the show, is where I come up with that term because you know, we grieve because the love was so big and powerful and awesome. And to be able to celebrate and honor the people that we've lost, um, it's just, it, I feel honored to be able to celebrate those that I lost. As difficult mm. as it is to experience it, it is an awesome experience to be able to honor and keep them here through my work, if that makes sense. So mm. that is why I use that term. Um, uh, we're going to let Jeter start um, and share a little bit about um, this amazing woman that he <laughs> loves um, and 
kind of go from there. So yeah. tell us about Jabs. Yeah, sure. So uh, first of all, I didn't thank y'all for having me here today. Oh. That was really rude of me. I really appreciate y'all. Well, we ain't done nothing but fight and cut up. So <laughs> <laughs> you might not. I mean, you might be like, I don't know why I agreed to do this on my Sunday on the lawn. It might be why I forgot or say it. You know. <laughs> On the Lord's Day. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, I appreciate y'all uh, for inviting me to talk about it. Um, so in 2008, I uh, met a woman uh, named Jasmine. So I was in the computer lab, Phelps Computer Lab at Winthrop University. Uh, my senior year, you know, doing work. <laughs> like, I think it was like around midnight. And uh, and so I was just working on the paper. And then the last seat in the lab, so this woman walks in, whatever. I'm like, oh, she's kind of cute. Da, da, da. The last seat in the lab is the one beside me. Mm-hmm. And so I had never seen her before. And I'm one of those people that, like, was kind of known on campus or, you know, I was everywhere. And so I'm like, okay, if I don't know her, I want she's a transfer or, you know, who this person is. So I just kind of started chatting her up or whatever. I got to smile. She started laughing. Like, oh, got her. <laughs> got her. Uh, the way I'd like to tell the rest of that story is that she fell in love and then, you know, I just I had her from there. But she would tell it much differently. Um, but basically from there, um, you know, we exchanged information on, like, Facebook and some messages, and then we ended up like hanging out like a week or so later, and then uh, from there we uh, really started dating. That was in April 2008. Started dating officially in September, uh, later that year, and uh, actually on my birthday is when we first like Aww. officially started dating or whatever. And then um, so yeah, so like over the course of uh, goodness, from then till 2017, um, you know, we were you know off and on for a while and then it was just kind of a point where I'm like you know what this is a person I really want to spend the rest of my life with and so in 2015 um her birthday weekend uh, proposed to her and she said yes uh, uh thankfully <laughs> <laughs> didn't embarrass myself uh because it was in front of family and friends and all oh, that oh. oh yeah it was a very That's public very awesome. public so thing glad that out. oh right. my goodness oh. yeah but it had been a while so you know right right so I figured I would be okay right <laughs> Right. Like well, seven years at that point, gamble. you know what I mean? Right. Seven years in, I'm pretty sure she's cool with it. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> you know? So, uh, so yeah, so we uh, got engaged in 2015. Uh, got married um, August 17th of, uh, I'm sorry, September 17th of 2016. Uh, and um, I guess I can keep going about mm-hmm. from there. So, uh, so we were married, and then unfortunately, uh, August 17th of last year, uh, she passed away. So um, my wife had uh, Crohn's disease, and her Crohn's disease was one of those that kind of like morphed into other things. So it caused uh, epilepsy at one point. She had, um, you know, over like 40 surgeries over the course of her life uh, dealing with that. And, um, and so it just caused a lot of different complications. So essentially, uh, on the day she passed away, it was just she was in the hospital already, and um just due to the different, like, just medicines and just kind of where her body was doing. She went into cardiac arrest and then just wasn't able to get revived. And uh, and so that was very tough, you know, very difficult. Uh, and I actually uh, found her. So um, left work, and uh, her sister had called me, and um, she was just, they were talking on the phone, and all of a sudden she didn't hear Jazz talking anymore. And um, she, you know, her sister called me kind of frantically. I think you need to get home right now. Mm-hmm. So rushed home. And then I saw her uh, in the bottom of the steps and um, tried my best to, you know, do what I could and then called 911. And then about 45 minutes later is when they declare her um, deceased. So so since then, I've been, you know, just really trying to, you know, just put my life together and just figure out, you know, who I am again and just kind of like live life without her because um, that's a better part of a decade we were together. Right. 
So now it's like, okay, dang, the last time I was single was I was 21. So mm. you're not really a, you're not really an adult at 21. You still look kind of like a kid trying to figure out how to be an adult. Right. So now I feel like I'm growing up all over again. So, yeah. yeah. And what do you think has been the most difficult part of that process of mm. rediscovering you when you, because I think we, you know, you, you have your, your whole life planned out when right. we when we get married we really do mm-hmm. think okay we're, this is what we're going to do next and this is mm-hmm. what we're going to do next and this is mm-hmm. what we're going to do next and then when your partner passes it's mm-hmm. you know you, just, you don't know what to do next so right. what do you think has been the most difficult part of that yeah great question i think the most difficult part is like which makes i guess it's, it sounds simple enough but it's not something that you planned for or wanted to. Mm-hmm. So now it's, it's trying to grip with the reality of this being a thing that happened to you. Right. You know, so that's the first part for me. And I like controlling things. Like, I'm not a mm-hmm. controlling person, but I like to be over control of certain parts of my life. I mean, so, we're Virgos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to probably get the wrong idea, you know, like, oh, yeah, I was trying to control people or right, control no. her. Just like a type A. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, I would say that. Type yeah, say A-ish, A-ish I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe A and a half, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or half A. Half what is going on today? So, <laughs> I was like, y'all need to stop. Everyone it. is shortening things and taking just pieces. making things up. Like, Abbreviating. Not, we're gonna be here. That's not. But a no, thing. I think I do think type A is just a thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, so I think that's for me. This is is trying to get some control over something because this mm. is something I wasn't able mm. to control. So now it's like, okay, what can I control about my life and kind of, you know, putting things together in a way. So I think it's just kind of gripping with that reality for one. And just finding a routine for me, it was like right. uh, for the first year, I didn't realize this until really, you know, until the one year anniversary, uh, which was last month. But like the first year, I was just kind of like doing what I thought I knew as mm-hmm. a routine, you mm-hmm. know, trying to do what we did before. You know, that's all I knew was kind of like what the routine we already were in instead of really knowing how to do it by myself. Right. So this year, I think it's going to be a tougher. Uh, and I've experienced that a little bit already. Like, because now it's a, it's a, something that isn't from it's familiar now. It's not foreign right. anymore. So now that I'm familiar with her not being here, how do you really move forward? Because you can't do the same things that right. you did before. Because Absolutely. now you know, you know, like what well, life is different. Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, when we all found out and yeah. everybody's, you know, rallying around and like supporting. And yeah. one of the biggest concerns was like, is Jeter going to rest? <laughs> like I remember, yeah. like we're also really close to his boss, and yeah. she was like, I, "I like we have to physically keep him from work because mm-hmm. uh, he was <laughs> like, well, this happened, and so I don't think I'll be in tomorrow. Like, <laughs> you absolutely will not be in tomorrow, like or the next day, and right? And then I think, didn't you sneak to work like that Saturday? Or I, I did sneak to work. I did sneak and to we work. were like, if we have to fight you, yeah, yeah, we will. Yeah, like that's, that's really not, not yeah. where anybody's heart is right now. We don't want to put hands on you. But if we have to physically fight you, right. make you not go to work, right? But then I understand that, mm-hmm. and in a way of like, I just gotta do a thing. Yeah. Like I can't just sit in this like day after day after day. Mm-hmm. And so, understanding that through my own experience, but then also knowing like that's not necessarily like the best thing. Right. There was a lot of worry of like you know, and I still feel like you came back too early. But yeah, I think I did too. I do also think <laughs> that what what you do for a living mm-hmm. and like you had a lot of like life around you mm-hmm. at work. You know what I mean? Because Jeter sure. works really closely with the students and mm-hmm. there's lots of activity and hustle and bustle and the students really adore him. And so that part made sense, yeah. I think, of wanting to I was I felt like you were well wrapped. Yeah. But we were all kind of looking like, all right. Yeah. 
Like, <laughs> go home. Right. You can go home. This thing will figure itself out if you're not here. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so for sure. I do I do get that. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Earl, do you have anything to add or say at this point? Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. I do want to say this. I appreciate y'all. Um so they these are my real friends. So like right. we're not just on this podcast. You know, the podcast is talking about stuff. So I appreciate y'all coming to the house and everything. Absolutely. And, and trying to get me out the house around that time and stuff like that. And then Carter coming through and then they jumping on, <laughs> on the, the couch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> then my nieces were there. I forgot about that. Kids just don't. They just like, I mean, like, are you crazy? Are you on his couch? Like, right. <laughs> right. He's yeah, he just was like, laid I'm out. Like, upside Because Carter has this weird thing of taking up too much space. Like, if he and I are sitting on the couch, when I get up to get a drink, he'll like lay in my spot. <laughs> and I'll be like, what's this about? Like, he thinks it's funny. So we're at Gina's yeah. house and like, yeah. he is on the big couch. So Gina has a love seat in the couch as people tend to do. <laughs> Carter's on the big couch covering all three couches. I mean, Carter tall, but like, he ain't that tall. Right, yeah, he was laid he out. sit up yeah, on yeah. his behind. I mean, he said, you just like, at home? He was having like, the time of his life. Like, like, he ain't been here before. I think when kids get around other kids, it's like they get a memory swipe. Right. And it was like, I'm going to just try new things. Right. Yeah. I was like, can Jeter sit on his couch, please? Like, can he have a space? And then my nieces were excited because they hadn't seen other kids. So they had been in the house. Oh, trolls. Yeah. It was too much. It was too much. Oh, yeah. Because I remember Carter was quiet and all of a sudden he started singing the trolls songs. And they were like, yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, absolutely. I do think, you know, people often struggle with what to do mm-hmm. when someone is grieving. And I'm mm-hmm. always like, I don't know if you really need to do anything but be present and right. be present with them in whatever space they're in at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if they are crying and wailing, then you hold space with them then. And if they're happy, then let them have a moment. Like, mm-hmm. I think people yeah. sometimes are like, oh, they were smiling and cutting up. And this oh. interesting. In the training that I went to Monday and Tuesday, they talked about, oh, I forgot his name, but it says the first year you should allow a person to do whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, that first year is monumental of grief. Like, they, they're sure. angry. Or, you're supposed to allow that first year. There's no wrong right. in that first year. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, because yeah. I think the most dangerous part of grief is the isolation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when it's we get we start to get unsafe when we're isolated. You right, know what I mean? Because then right. we're medicating whatever mm-hmm. in whatever way by mm-hmm. ourselves, mm-hmm. and then no one knows what's really happening for us. Right. And so I think, yeah, being present and accepting of wherever whatever space they're in is really, really important. Yeah, definitely. And it's my, to me, to my personal experience, like I definitely probably did come back to work too soon. Mm-hmm. But also... You did. A, yeah, I definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> but no one told me to not do that. I mean, one. we was watching. We definitely were like hinting you should <laughs> but then we also were like then yeah. we could see him because so yeah. I work where right, Jeter right, works and true. like we said we're close to his boss and having many so I'm meetings like, right, I'm we were just having meetings about you now right right oh I'm, were you yeah like, yeah. Earl, was, Earl wasn't there anymore so I Earl was like so I, had a, I had a feeling I had a feeling what's Jeter doing today I was like we were ready to fight some people yeah 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 yeah. y'all were ready y'all were on the ready so we was definitely calling absolutely the check-ins were prayer look prayer calls you wanted a part of the call you were well wrapped yeah oh I felt if you had worked somewhere else where we couldn't have seen you, yeah. I would have been showing up at your job like, you're not ready. Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> he'll, he'll be back. Let's go get you something to eat. Right. And it probably was comforting for y'all to actually see me, have true. eyes on me, too. That is you know true. what I mean? Because I'm at the house. My mom and stuff were there, but mm-hmm. I'm still at the house. You right. know, so you don't necessarily know what I'm doing exactly. or, or what have you. So I get that. Yeah. I get so, that. Yeah. Yeah. But you did go back too early. I, I, I did. I yeah. did. Definitely. So for other people, take your time. <laughs> take your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think that's unfortunate because in our society, we get like three days. Because I'm about to say, what mm, does that actual right. look like? Three Cause days. Because I think my job, you get maybe seven. Oh, that's good. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought, when I heard it, I was like, that sounds out of the norm. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, that's out of that's the norm. That's not norm. In yeah. the good way, unfortunately. Like, yeah. most of the time, you get three days. Like, and it has to be three consecutive days. So, like, when my right. grandfather passed earlier this year, I took, like, the rest of that day and then I came back to work and then I took like the day of his funeral and then like another day and they were like oh that doesn't count it has to be three consecutive days but I just feel like (laughs) that's ridiculous you don't even usually have someone buried in three days so how do you get three days it's not possible right yeah that's ridiculous yeah it was but that just spoke to me about how we treat grief like I Mm -hmm. always tell people like in the old days we used to grieve for a year like people would dress in black and just grieve for a year Like, again, because that first year mm-hmm. is really tough. Because there's like some cultures in Africa, if a widow, if her husband dies, she has to shave her hair. Right. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so there's hmm. so many different ways that I feel like in Western civilization, we've just completely gotten away from grief. And what it tells people is you need to button it up and move forward. And mm. that's just not how it works. Yeah. Like, it's just not. Um, so I'll share, I've, I've said on the show before that prior to Carter, that Carter's my rainbow baby. Cause prior to Carter, um, <laughs> I had, uh, twins that passed away. So, um, my ex-husband and I, um, we had been married a year and at a year we were like, we're going to start trying and then boom, like we were pregnant immediately. Um, and it kind of just unfolded really quickly. Like we went to the doctor and, um, I'd had like some spotting, which is not a thing. You're not supposed to have any type of blood when you're pregnant. Um, and so we went to the doctor and they were like, well, it looks all right. You know, baby A looks good. I was like, I wonder why they said that. Why'd they say baby A? Yeah. They were like, and baby B. It's also pretty Baby, perky. Plural. Wow. And I said, Bert? <laughs> what are you talking about? Right, they right. were twins. And so for a wow. long time, it was just fine. Like, we were good. We were going to our appointments. Um, then we went to another appointment, and they were like, well, there's technically a third baby, but it never fully formed. So don't worry about it. Like, they were like, it'll be fine. Like, it's just a thing that happens sometimes. Don't worry about it. So I had... Um, I dropped two eggs. Both eggs got fertilized. One egg split into what would have been identical twins. Oh, so you had a fraternal. Uh, yeah, mm. so I had a fraternal twin and then uh, two identical twins, like the identical twins, but one of the identicals never formed. Gotcha. Oh, okay. But what happened was, if y'all have ever seen identical twins, they are at risk of what's called twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome, where their blood vessels overlap in the placenta. Mm. And that causes them to like interchange blood, which twin like babies shouldn't do. Yeah. Well, the twin that didn't form and the twin that did form still had that disease, um, but it caused the alive twin to pump blood into a not live organism, mm. and it was putting strain on that twin's heart. So they were like, okay, we can do a a, um, procedure. You're gonna have to fly to Ohio to do it. So we were prepping for all of that. Still very like everything is fine like in my head like everything is fine nothing's nothing's wrong we went to go have the procedure so then it started things started to kind of progress and it became a bit of a concern so what they said was okay there's a possible procedure you can do in charlotte but it has to get approved and because it had never been done in charlotte they didn't approve it 
And so they were like, well, you're going to have to go to Ohio. During that waiting period, things started to progress even more, um, and I ended up going into labor. And you can't have the procedure when you're in labor. So then I'm in the hospital in Charlotte. They're trying to stop the labor. I'm 23 weeks at this point, um, and they're trying to stop the labor, stop the labor. They stopped it, and they were like, but you have to be able to be off the medicine to travel, because the medicine's like an IV, like they couldn't mm. transport us on the medicine. And so then they took us off, the, took me off the medicine, and then I started to labor again, and then it was too far gone. Mm. So I delivered uh, Carson and Christian on May 20th of 2010, and they lived for about two hours. Um, and I think it was just like this, the most like surreal experience in the moment. I don't know if you can relate to this, Jeter. Like mm. when you're in the moment, it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like... I'd like it's not out of body because I, I was in my body, but it, yeah, it's like the world is fuzzy around me. You know what I mean? I remember like people talking to me and having conversations, and I couldn't put it together. Um, and it really was a you know for me and my ex husband, it was this um, thing that brought forth all of our hurt and struggle, mm-hmm. and it really like was a mirror. A lot of people, I started doing research afterwards about how many people, like how loss of pregnancy and infant loss really impacts um, relationships, especially mm-hmm. if they're not healthy. Um, and so um, it wasn't, you know, me and my husband, we, sh- we did not do what we should have done to be in a marriage that was healthy, but it did really it was the nail, you know what I mean? Mm. Even though we went on to have Carter and Carter's an amazing blessing, it was the nail. Um, And I do think when you are not healthy as a person and then you deal with grief, you're in even more danger of like blowing your life up because it's an experience that you can't ever like comprehend. Like the pain is immense and expansive. Like, you know what I mean? And so if you're already in some sort of pain that you're not dealing with, like, you, you just can't help but blow your life up. So, right. um, so yeah, so that was a very, you know, and I, I, yeah, I think I went back, I took the six weeks. So I, they still let me take six weeks as though I had had children, but, um, well, I had children, but you know what I mean? Um, my maternity leave. And so I remember going back and like, what I think the six weeks did was it let everybody move forward uh, and so, like, I got back to work, and everybody was like, all right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they were uncomfortable around me, but they didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, and I think the experience of people are real. Like, like, death is uncomfortable in general, and dead children is something that people really, really – I didn't realize that until I was on the other side of it. And so, you know, not feeling like I could talk about it at all, not feeling like – it was a thing, you know what I'm saying? Like at work or in my family, some of my friends even, it just seemed really uncomfortable for them. And I remember being like, I don't, but you're not, this, this isn't your pain. Like, right. You, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, but I also don't have time to um, educate you on how to be a better human. <laughs> yeah. So let me just, like, create space with you. So, right. yeah, that first year was really, really tough. Um, and I know for me, it was like, which is something I'm so glad you have not done. I was like, let's have a baby. Like, mm. I needed to prove that me and that man could have a baby together that would live and be born. And we did that, and he's amazing, but I wasn't healed mm. yet, you know? And there's a lot of studies about what your children experience in utero. I was so anxious the entire time I was pregnant with him. 
And I'm sure that that impacted him. Like he was like sucking his thumb in the womb. You know what I mean? Mm. And he he has a tendency to be anxious even now. As wonderful as he is, he does have to, a tendency to be very anxious. And I wonder sometimes, like, did he get some of that from just being, you know, yeah. born to a very anxious mother? Like I'm, I'm talking about his room was not put together. Like he was like, I was like 39 weeks, like su- yeah. super pregnant. And people were like, so should we? Just put the mattress in the crib. Like, right. do you want to like? You don't have to put no sheets. So, like, my mama was just like, "Can we? Yeah. Take the clothes out of the baby start bag for you. and yeah. out of the gift bags." Yeah. And I was like, mm, "Let's see if he gets here." Yeah. Like, I was literally. But it makes sense. Get that, get right. That, yeah. That but because, in all honesty, he was the fourth. Like, I was the fourth person that I knew who lost a baby in the two year span, mm. and some of them went to the hospital to have their baby and came back with no baby. So I was just so like I didn't know any of that was a thing, and then when I saw that it was a thing, it felt like it was everywhere, mm-hmm. and so I just couldn't do it, you know. And Carter's, you know, fine and healthy and amazing, but yeah, just relating to that, like I don't even know what to do with myself. Right. And then I, you know, went and had a baby. So I'm glad that you have taken the time and really honored your experience yeah. and, and let yourself have some space before, you know, I've seen a lot of times where people just move right. into another relationship yeah. and just don't address it really at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that gives the new partner a job of yeah. healing you and, <laughs> right. and that's not healthy or fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also doesn't give you the time to honor your pain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's talk a little bit about how you have done that. How do you feel like you honor your pain, your experience and mm-hmm. honor jazz? Yeah, thank you. Um, and thanks for sharing that story, too. Um, so I think what I try to do just on a day-to-day is just, like, just honor the moments. So I, I see grief as, like, a visitation from the person. Mm. So, like, the, the moments when I feel the grief coming, I feel like I'm closer to her. Mm. So I just try to, like, to ride the waves, what I tell mm-hmm. myself and tell people, just ride the waves and just let them in and fall how they fall. Right. So that's the first thing, I think, is just really just honoring those moments and taking time to have those moments. Mm-hmm. Um it kind of is difficult sometimes when you're at work and you don't really want to do it at work, but I try to find like safe spaces I can go or or just like walking around or going to do certain things like that or whatever. So just, you know, find the time to do that uh, for sure I think is a way to do it because if you're, if you're trying to bottle it up and not really respect the grief right. and you're disrespecting it by just keeping it in, then it's going to hit you way harder and you can, you know, I'm thankful that I haven't like going to like alcohol or drugs or nothing like that, but I know people that have and so... Um, I think when you just uh, you know allow the feelings to come, then it makes it less of a thing to use other things to medicate because you're already medicating by allowing the grief to happen. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's one thing. Um, so in about I think it was like five months or so after she passed, uh, it was just like this. All I can say is like I guess a message from God, if you will, like that I'm supposed to like help other people through their grieving process. So I started this thing on Facebook called Life Snacks. It's mm-hmm. like I do it every Monday, usually every Monday mm-hmm. or Tuesday. Sometimes I'm a little slack. <laughs> a, little, a little lately, a little bit of slack. But, um, so I do like a Facebook Live just about the things I've learned um, and that I'm still learning, you know, with my mm-hmm. grieving process. And it's been really amazing how um, I never anticipated doing that and how people really just kind of take to it. And oh, yeah. Every, every like, week somebody's like, oh, this really helped me because I'm going through this exact thing right now mm-hmm. or or what have you. So that's one way also is just like channeling it into something else. Right. Uh, and not just living with the grief, but what are you doing to you know actively kind of work through it? And so that's my process of doing that. I get my healing from healing other people or helping other people. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of the way I'm doing it is mm-hmm. through that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I like how you put that though. It's a visit. I know. You, I really like that. Because it, it is like a, 
Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's, right. it's random always. Yeah. Always. You can't predict it. But I'm not, it's a visit. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But yeah. Copyright, Earl, you, that. Yeah. Do you have <laughs> ways that you've like tried to like honor and consider those that you've like, like, you know what I mean? Like, do you have like a particular way? You know, I don't. It's really weird because as y'all have been talking, I've been like trying to see like what grief have I lost? Because I haven't lost on a grand scale, right? Like mm-hmm. like I said, I started off where y'all both have lived my greatest fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. The people I've lost have been older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, some have been unexpected, but I mean, I think when I find out, I usually just I let it all out right then mm-hmm. and there. Um, so I say like the. Most recent might have been, well, I'll go to my grandfather, mm-hmm. which was my senior year of college. Matter of fact, I was on the way to teach an ACAD class. You know, actually, mm. two years that I taught ACAD, I found out one year, like a lady that was like my mom, died of breast cancer mm. in the way to the class. And then my granddad, that next year, on the way to the little class thing, I found out. And it was like you said, like a surreal thing. I remember I walked in, and I was like, well, hey, I have to just leave, da da da. And I think. I'm like you said, I like to stay busy. So I was like, I have to leave, but I'll call you, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And then the for ACAD students, you know, it's like a teacher and then an assistant. Mm-hmm. She kept asking me, like, what's going on? You know, trying to trying to make sure I was okay. Right, and I'm just like, right. I'm really just trying I just to get gotta in the go. car. Right. Yeah. And I had like a whole breakdown in her office, mm-hmm. which was, if you know me, I'm like not a emotional crying <laughs> aspect mm-hmm. person. But like I had like a full and I was like, well I have to go. She's like, well no, I was like, no, I'm good. Right. You need to get away go. from me. So <laughs> like I left. But because <laughs> I needed to like be by myself. Because my, you do, you do. Yeah. Sometimes you need to be like go. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think there by the time I got to the hospital, I was like done. Mm-hmm. Which was weird because I had to drive to Columbia. Right, mm-hmm. right. But like the whole ride there I like cried and then when I got to the hospital I was like, okay, well like what do we Mm-hmm. What's the right. steps? Right. What are we right. doing right. now? Because right. I, I think I'm, I'm similar to my grandma and my family. Of when things happen, we're the, I guess the doers. Mm. Um, like I said, I've, I think the only time I've ever seen my grandma cry was at my cousin who got murdered a few years ago's mm-hmm. funeral, and I was like, twenty, nineteen. Right. So that's twenty years I have never seen my grandma cry. Right, mm. and. A lot of my family members, when she cried and I cried, because I think I cried because she cried. Right. Right. And then my family was like, even I was like, okay. She was our grandma. She was like, okay, Earl's crying, JoJo's crying. It's really, because mm-hmm. we're just the, we're the ones that's checking on everybody. Like, right. oh, what are you doing? What do you need? Mm-hmm. And we'll, I guess, grieve in private. Mm-hmm. That's how I've always been, just grieved in private. So I don't know. But like I said, I haven't experienced a grand, I mean, those are grand, but on that type of level. So I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah. If my skills would be the same. Right. Because that's yeah. a different type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I wonder, as men and as black men, do y'all feel a certain expectation around how y'all are allowed to show your emotions or how people think you should act? You know, I think we get, as a woman, I get licensed <laughs> to fall apart. Um, and I think that's a good thing, but mm-hmm. I don't know if. I think the men in my life feel like they have that same privilege. Mm. So, I guess it's interesting. To me. My first loss occurred when I was, I remember seventh, I was in, I was seven. And I remember I walked in the house and my mom was like, I need to talk to you. And it was my great grandma on my dad's side who mm-hmm. I was really close with. And I, kids don't really understand death. Mm-hmm. Like it's a weird mm-hmm. concept. And when, when I was that age, there was no books that you could read with your kids. Right. right. So my mom told me, and I remember the first thing she kept saying was like, you can cry, 
you can cry. She just kept saying, and I was like, okay. So then I like went and started playing on my toys because again, in my mind, you didn't really know what deaf, like what is it, right. is permanent? Like what does that mean? And my sister was crying because she was in the fifth, no, she's in sixth, seventh grade. So she Too understood. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, okay, but she kept saying like, you can cry, you can cry, you can cry. Mm. My when I got when I saw my dad and everybody on that side, you can cry because my dad was like crying because my great grandma was like his mom. Mm. So. But I was just like, I don't, why does people keep telling me that? And it wasn't until I saw her body that mm. I had, like, I guess the first, like, okay, this is. Real. Very yeah, real. Like, yeah. I was, like, she had to come pick me up. Mm. And she was like, cry. Like, mm. let it out. So, mm. from my experience, I've had family that always say, you can cry. Mm. But I guess I just never do. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. 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 That's a great point. I think, for me, I think I feel some of that. Like, people say, you know, cry or whatever. But mm -hmm. it also is kind of like a. The era of we, if you do cry, we don't know what we're gonna how to handle it. Yeah, <laughs> right. And that's because you always hear people like when men cry, it really just breaks me down. Right. Like, you hear people say that all yeah. the time, like right. if yeah. a man cries. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Yeah, and it's like yeah. Well, shit. I, maybe I shouldn't do it because I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Right. right. Yeah. Right. That's definitely yeah. a thing. Definitely yeah. a thing. Like even my mom is very supportive, but I think you know when I talk to her, she doesn't know how to respond or what to do mm -hmm. or to see me, you know, when they were, they were at the house with me uh, for a month after Jazz passed. And so, you know, I remember like one or two times I had a moment and then my, my mom was just trying to like rush to, to me but not really at the same time. Like, you know, mm -hmm. my sister's like, no, let him have his, his time. He probably don't want you on him right now. You right, know, like right. whatever. So I think um, there is a little bit of a thing where you're not really sure how to, you know, let your emotions go. Mm -hmm and to cry and be emotional, but also people say it, you know, they, they're supportive of it, but I think being able to handle it is a different thing. Right. Yeah. So what would you tell, uh, what would you tell men about grieving well and why that's important? Yeah. Um, well, for one, you know, don't, don't do anything that is unsafe or unhealthy, right? Um, so don't be destructive. If you got to punch something, punch a pillow. Mm -hmm. I've done plenty of that. <laughs> got a designated pillow or whatever. Uh, I do that for so you know definitely release it in positive ways. But I also say you know just honor the moments, man. I think mm. even if you don't worry about what other people are going to think or how they're going to receive it, I think you just have to just do it um, in those in those moments specifically because if you wait, then when you wait, you might channel it in a different way, and so mm -hmm. it might not be as pure. Now it's diluted because mm. you tried to like hold it in mm -hmm. and then refilter it out in a different way. So I say just just don't try not to worry about what other people think about it. And just do it the way you need to do it. Right. Absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then get a and then also get like a tribe of people um that you can feel comfortable around as well. Mm -hmm. And you can just be yourself and whatever. Um I think like if you have friends beforehand, but also if you have friends that have gone through what you're going through. Yes. That's super important. That's been very, very helpful for me. Um if I didn't have my widow tribe or whatever, I'd be like not knowing how to navigate things. Right. So right. That's important. Yeah. 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 So Let's turn to like the responses that you get in grief oh, and why people should be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like so I I know that the thing that everyone I don't not everyone, but lots of people wanted to prove to me that like this was for the best because my children weren't healthy. Oh. Like people were just like, oh, that just means that they weren't healthy. And I'm like, I saw them. Like I literally saw them, held them, touched them. They were perfect. Mm -hmm. And so you weren't there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I was like, why do you feel like you need to be like, oh, well, those babies died because they weren't healthy. Like, why do you feel like you need to say that? And yeah. I guess people think they're trying to make you feel better. Mm -hmm. But it's like, what? the hell are I you talking about? Shut up. Yeah. I remember, 
I won't say names, but I had a close friend who lost their baby mm -hmm. two years ago. Mm -hmm. And I remember the day we went to the hospital, it was like right after she delivered. And someone walked in, they was like, well, you're still a mom. And I just was oh. just like, I looked at my good friend, we was little, and I was like, I want to hit this person. Right. Just shut the hell up. Right. Just yeah. do yeah. what we did. We just came in and just sat. Right. And we just right. was just silent. Right. And we let yeah. that person lead the discussion on right. where they wanted it to go. But I was like, yes. why do you mm -hmm. just, and I, was, I, I know as people do it out of their own uncomfortableness, mm -hmm. but to say, just be like, you're still a mom, or like, oh, well, they're, they're in a better place. It's just don't say anything. Right. Because you just don't, why do you think they want to hear that? Because right, they're not yeah. here. The better right. place is with me, right. and they're not Thank here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank so, yeah. <laughs> or they love to one. tell you, and I, they, I maybe you get this too because yeah. you're younger. That oh well, you can. They were like, they were like, oh, you'll you have more babies. Yeah. You'll have more babies. Oh, and right. I was like, but I would love these two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's not what I don't care and about. Who that, says the person wants to go person. through that? I, right. I know people where they've lost a child. Yeah, they don't ever want to have another one. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even I mean, in my situation, I mean, I don't. I'm not there anymore. But I definitely was like, I don't think I ever want to get married. I don't think I ever want to be anybody else. You know. So yeah, those kind of things I think they come from a good place but they just don't know how to articulate just being sorry for somebody you know it's so mm -hmm. like I'm sorry this happened mm -hmm. some people just can't just say that and they feel mm -hmm. like you got to say something else to qualify it right but no just right. say that that's cool right, right. <laughs> you as know? weird as I'm sorry for your loss is right it's usually the best response yeah. I don't feel like, offended by that one like that's mm -mm, okay mm -mm. yeah I think for me it just doesn't feel like enough you know what I mean right. like but it's 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 a safe start there. Mm -hmm. I love what you just said about let them lead the conversation. Right. So like when we showed up at Jeter's house, we weren't like, all right, therapist hats on. Let's go. <laughs> we about to therapy this thing out. We yeah. walked in and we were like, hi, Jeter. Yeah, and yeah. we all sat at the table. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't think we talked about that at all. Day. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. were having a good day. You were laughing and smiling. And we were right. like, we are laughing and smiling. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, like just let that person tell you where they need to go. Because yeah. maybe they do need to laugh and smile and cut up that day mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and be that for them. Yeah. yeah. That's totally great agree. advice. Yeah, and trying to push like trying to push you to cry or be mm. emotional or, right. or whatever. Or talk I mean, talking about it's cool, but don't push the right. conversation. Yeah. It's right. really like aggravating. Because mm -hmm. at this point, when we, when we start doing that, I might have been good. I might have just had a moment right. or whatever, but I'm good now. Like I don't mm -hmm. need to do that. And so that's not the space I'm in. So don't push the issue. Right. Don't make it something more than what it needs to be. Absolutely. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you feel pressured? Like, do you feel like people have tried to rush you along your process as well? You know, yes and no. I think, um, I, like, no, I don't think a lot of people have said it to me. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a good thing. No one said, like, oh, hurry up and do it. But it is like an air I feel, though. Mm -hmm. You know, like, kind of like. You know, when I, I post sometimes, like, on Facebook, like, on her page, or, you know, I miss you or whatever. And I don't do it for anybody else. It's just my right. way to communicate. Yeah. But so I think I can, just from comments some people have made or whatever to me or whatever, I can tell that that's a little bit uncomfortable for them. So I think mm. that is maybe a way for them to say, okay, you know, go ahead and make your way towards, you know, the next stage of your life or whoever else, you know. Mm. So, yeah. So I feel it a little bit, but I can't think of anyone or a situation which was said directly to me. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I do think it's very much like, like I got the impression that people were relieved mm -hmm. that I had Carter. And then like after that, like every year I'm going to post on 520 of that year something yeah. to honor my children. For sure. And every year it's like, oh, you're still, 
Oh, yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to keep posting. Still, Every right. year, yeah, I'm going to keep posting. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because they mm-hmm. still existed. They still matter. Like, you know what I mean? For sure. And I think that, you know, even for you, like having, when you find another partner, you're mm-hmm. having someone who allows a space for grief. Absolutely. It's really important. Like, that's a deal breaker for me if I partner again, is that my partner is going to have to allow me to grieve my children that I had with another man. Mm-hmm. And if they have an issue with that, like, that's, then we can't be together because I'm not going to not love and miss them just because you've been brought into my life. Right. Um, And I think that's really big for when you're moving on, Mm -hmm. making sure that there's always a space for that person. You don't feel like you have to leave that part of your life behind because that part of your life matters so much. Right, for sure. So that would be advice I would give, you you. know, for anybody. If you feel like people in your life aren't giving you space, then you need to reconsider those people. (laughs) Not the person you lost. Right. Those people are concerned. Yeah, especially, well, yeah, regardless, but definitely especially if they're there first, right? Right. So I mean, yeah, right. so you need to let them have their space. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. sure, I totally agree with that hundred percent. And if you're the person that wants to date someone like that lost somebody, and you just can't do it, and that's okay, just bow out. Please, yeah, yeah. If don't, you can't do yeah. it, that's fine. Like mm-hmm. I get it, but just don't try to push yourself on it and like, oh right. no, you need to get over this person. No, no, right. I'm not right. going to get over certain yeah. aspects of it. Exactly. Yeah. Just right. respect that. And if you yeah. can't, then just you know, just part ways. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and I knew uh, a guy. He um, was one of the founders of that place that Earl and I used to work <laughs> that shall not be named. Um, but he was really amazing. <laughs> and his wife passed, I want to say, of cancer, mm. um, maybe like 15 or so years into their marriage. Like they had children and all of that. Yeah. And his new wife would always, like, I was like, oh, your children are so um, amazing. And she was like, I can take no credit because the wonderful woman, their mother, right? Like, you know what I mean? She was like, wow. she was like, all I can do now is just honor her by keeping you know wow. keep, like and i was just like oh, oh. that's amazing you know because i didn't know his he had had another wife like i didn't know that at that point and she was mm. like oh yeah this is him and she's like pulled out pictures wow. and was like oh that's her right there like he was up the wife was up on the wall like in a, wow. and i was like oh because it's like a thank you aren't you yeah. an amazing person yeah, you, wow. for like allowing to them to do that because i could even think if she hadn't been like even his kids mm-hmm. would have been like could i grieve my mom right like, yeah all of that so yeah she did that Really, really well. That's quite like, amazing. I was, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I always, she's always someone I've looked to about how you let others grieve things mm-hmm. before you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah. yeah. So, talk a little bit about if you have, how you've used your art mm-hmm. um, and your passion to move you through this healing process. Yeah. So, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, um, spoken word artist and, a, you know, poet and writer. So, I will say this when that first happened, I couldn't write mm-hmm. at all. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, from what I've learned from like a few groups and stuff I've been in is uh, sometimes when you like doing something that was a passion for you, but it was still kind of connected to the person or you shared it with the person, it's hard to do it initially mm-hmm. when, the, when the loss happens. And so that, that really took a while, um, but I was still trying. And so um, I did more journaling than anything, like randomly journaling in the mm-hmm. midst of the grief moments. Mm-hmm. Um, still doing that now, like mm-hmm. literally this weekend, I, you know, had a moment and then I was like, you know, journaling in the midst of the moment. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, so while it may not be a finished poem or something that I typically would do, it's still like getting, using my art and using the gift of writing, you know, into, to articulate my thoughts and feelings, yeah. okay. for sure. But, and I, but I have been able to write a little bit about it and then uh, have like a few ideas now for like books that I want to write. Mm-hmm. So I like, have like three book ideas nice. um, that I'm going to explore to, to do very soon. So, yeah. Yeah. That is my go-to gift to people mm-hmm. when they grieve. Like, I gave yeah. you a journal and some pens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when my niece experienced a loss, I gave her a journal and some pens. Like, that mm-hmm. is my go-to here. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think it is a powerful 
way to grieve. I, I have a grief journal. Like, mm. I have a journal that the only thing I do in that journal is write to those that I've lost. Mm. You know what I mean? It's a special place for me to go and be with them. Um, and so I think if you're ever wondering, like, what should I do for people, like, give them a journal because yeah. it's, it's just such a great way for them to place their their, their need, like, for them to put their need on paper. Right, Their for feelings sure. on paper. Yeah, so. that and books are good, too. I've got mm-hmm. a lot of books, <laughs> which is really books good. Books are good, too, yeah. Yeah, because you can just, I mean, I don't read, I haven't read a lot of them, but, because I got a bunch of them, but I mean, sometimes I go to them and whatever, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, cool, this is, this is good to see, or good to, you know, read this. So, yeah, yeah. for sure, definitely. Yeah. I know that one thing that I've been able to do, so I like to, like, crochet and do mm-hmm. all of that, um, mm-hmm. and there was a... Like so, after the twins passed, the mm. um, the the nurses at CMC Maine were amazing. Like they didn't like make it a weird. Like they swaddled them like regularly. Mm. They washed them off. They swaddled them like regularly. They brought them back to the room. Like they were with us as long as we wanted them to be with us. And then they took pictures of them. But you don't think about that. Like, in the moment, again, when you're in grief, yeah. you just, like, don't know what's going on. Yeah. And so, like, they took pictures. They did all these things. They made this beautiful little memory box. They did impressions of their, like, feet wow. and all of that and gave us, like, a little blanket. And so, like, that's, like, one of my most prized things in life, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I found this group, Wings for Chloe, and there's groups all over the place that make boxes for mm. um parents who lose their children in the hospital and so I crochet baby blankets for them and I'll just crochet little blankets um, and then give them and they'll put them in the boxes but I think finding something that's something you love that then you can use to honor and help others heal Um, I also know a lady who she goes and takes professional pictures for families if their baby passes Mm. and so she'll go to the hospital because they're they're not going to have any more pictures you know what I mean and so this is really important and so a lot of times we like to shy away from people who've experienced what we've experienced because it brings our stuff up but I think that the healing like Jeter said is in Mm -hmm. being with people who understand and helping someone else through to the next part for sure um so that's been really powerful. But also a thing that I do is I try to have a moment of, like, connection with the person, like, in the world. So um, my grandmother loved roses. So if I see a rose, like, I'm going to stop, you know what I mean, and go to the rose. I have an aunt who passed who I was really close to, and she, my favorite picture of her is, like, standing on a fountain, like she was going to fall in it. Mm-hmm. And so every time Carter and I see a fountain, like, we go to the fountain and we take pictures and mm-hmm. we think about her. And I, over the summer, I had a friend who was murdered, um, and her favorite color was purple. And then purple is also the color for domestic violence. So if I see purple in nature, like natural purple, like right. I'll spend a moment with it. And so I think having those kind of like things, because yeah. sometimes you just feel like it's just a sadness. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's this whole life that this person had or you know, that you had with this person, that is what we need to be honored. That's what we miss. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We Mm -hmm. don't miss that moment. We miss all the other parts of it. And so I think finding ways to connect with that in the world, it makes me feel closer to God and closer to them when I do that. So that's something I would encourage people to do as well. Yeah, that's beautifully said. Also, I think, like, for me, you know, certain things that she would push me to do that I probably Mm -hmm. wasn't as proactive doing Mm -hmm. that I now try to do more of, like, as a way to honor her, too. Mm -hmm. You know, so, like, I always was doing, you know, shows and things, but, like, she would always say, you need to do this professionally. Like, you're you're supposed to be somebody people know Mm -hmm. and whatever. And so now I feel like, you know, I'm trying to do more of that because of the fact that, yeah, you're right, you know, and I need to honor you and Mm -hmm. respect you by you know, really putting my foot to the to the pedal and making it happen. So, yeah, yeah for absolutely, sure. Absolutely, absolutely. 
anything, any other questions you have, Earl, or things you wanted to add? Mm-hmm. So what, do you, what is the role of therapy in the grief process? I will, we'll go to Earl. Oh, yeah, the therapist. <laughs> well, I don't think therapy should come later to me. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's something Ooh, you should hop right into. Mm-hmm. Again, hmm. we were talking about it. Um, therapists are a little insensitive, too. They were mm-hmm. talking about school shootings mm-hmm. and said they brought up all the way back from Columbine that therapists were trying to go out the next day mm. to be like, we want to offer free services. And it's like, give them space. Right. Um, so I don't think, mm. like they said, that first year, mm-hmm. I think everyone should, but I don't think I, I don't think there's ever a time someone should be like, now it's time for you to go to therapy. I feel right. like only you know mm. yeah, when yeah. you're ready. Because a part of therapy is talking. So if you're not even ready even to talk about it, right. what's the point of even going? For sure. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll just be mm-hmm. sitting in that space. So I don't, think there's a timetable right mm-hmm. um some people it might be a month or a few weeks some people might be six months some people they i think after this going back to that year yeah. that right. first year mm-hmm. for sure because you you don't know how to maneuver during that space sometimes right. so right. i wouldn't expect you to want to go into a room and that is a stranger that's right. a different yeah. when right. it's you know you go to a therapist any other time mm-hmm. but this is a complete stranger that you're supposed to be talking about versus when you probably would want to go to someone right. you're close with. So I think it's an aspect, but I think it's later. Right. I think it's after you've kind of gotten through. Right. It's a little when bit clearer. When you can clearer. breathe. When you can yeah. breathe. Yes. Yeah. If you've ever had real grief, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right. You can take right. a deep breath and not like fall apart. Yeah. Right. Right. Then maybe you're ready to yeah. you know, consider therapy. I think that's real. That's a good that's, point. That's a really good now, point. if you have an est- <clears throat> excuse me, if you have an established relationship with a therapist. Yes. Right. That's different. Yeah. So I, much, when yeah. my aunt died, I already had an established relationship, and so I was like, hey, yeah, I need to come back. But again, I yeah. knew her already. Mm. But probably yeah, with the twins, I did not do any of that in the beginning. Yeah. Again, I'm just trying to like. Yeah, trying to figure it out. Get Make my it through the right day. Foot in front of my left foot yeah. to yeah. go to do a thing that people told me I should do that day. Right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I would like go out, like I'd go to work and I'd come home and be like, I can't believe I left the house. Like I would be like, Yeah. I can't believe I even like left the house and interacted with a person. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then you're just like in the bed for the rest of the night. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. Don't feel pressed to go. Yeah. I just was surprised that people were doing that. They even brought up like Sandy Hook. It was like. Luckily, I think the area where Sandy Hook is, they say it's a very polar, like a lot of therapists, mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. a warm environment mm-hmm. already. So I think somebody after this day, after Sandy Hook, made a st- general statement to saying, hey, we appreciate the privacy. Mm-hmm. We will seek therapy after we've gotten yeah. through it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that's even crazy. Like that lets you know they already, they already have the skill set. Mm-hmm. Like they right. know right. they need time. Right. Yeah. So, but I just was like, who's going the day after? I would never go and be like, yeah. hey, this just do? happened. Yeah. You need to come see me. It'll right. be free. Right. I think people, that's and I think crazy. we it's need to understand though. that yeah. all therapists are not created equal. And <laughs> certain, ther- like you need to have an understanding of trauma. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying yeah, because yeah. you're not necessarily taught trauma just because you went to school to be a therapist. Yeah, that yeah. is something and you really I ain't even taught more. therapy. Which right, <laughs> you got to learn that on your own. Right, really. I've learned more yeah. about trauma 
since I've graduated and done my own work and trainings and different things than I learned in graduate school. Mm -hmm. So being a therapist doesn't mean that you're prepared for trauma, as evidenced by what you're saying, because anyone who has trauma training would know not to go down there. And I think, you know, everybody has, you know, their own stuff and their own motives. There's a lot of people trying to heal others because they don't want to do their own healing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they're not necessarily safe people because they haven't done their own work. Um, So they're, you know, they're traumatized or upset about this shooting that happened. And so now they want to do something for you. Yeah. But that's not, that's not good therapy. Right. So, yeah, I think making sure if you are going to go to a therapist after the loss, whenever you decide to do that, Mm -hmm. they need to have specific training in trauma and grief and loss. Yeah. Because, yeah. 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 That's a very great point. Because I actually, so I went to a therapist for, I think for uh, not very long, but like two months, I think it was. After she passed, and then so, you know, we were kind of, like, talking, and he was asking me what I was doing, you know, the things I was doing. He said, well, you know, honestly, I feel like the things that you're doing is what I'll be telling you to do. Mm-hmm. So I think what will work best for you is, which was fine, uh, he was like, you know, just let me know when you feel like you need to come back. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, okay, cool, you know, and that makes sense. And I didn't mm-hmm. go back. But I think now, now like, a year later, I think, okay, I feel like I really need it now. Maybe yeah. right. maybe now I really could actually take something that he can maybe give me things or whoever. Right that I could use, you know, whatever. So, yeah, right. that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, because yeah. now you're not coping. Now you're trying to live. Right. That first year, you're trying to cope. Cope with it, yeah. Yeah, now yeah. You're, you have to live and launch and figure out what life looks like differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and that's what you do in therapy. That's the work you can do in therapy. Right, So, sure. absolutely. So, yeah, it definitely has its place, but don't feel like you need to rush into yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, definitely. absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this conversation has been... What? Nothing. We were just. I'm laughing at. Oh, Gina is laughing at us. So also, I'm just gonna be transparent. So Carter's out in the hallway. <laughs> you had to do so like that. He was like breathing all on the window, and I was like, "Cole, what, bud? You're fine?" Because he's out there with his iPad, and he's fine. But Gina's laughing at me because I'm like, "Mommy, yeah, 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 yeah." So Gina's been cutting up. Oh with us, yeah, so, I've been yeah. trying to hold it together the whole yeah. time. But I think that so this I think this is a good way to wrap it up though because yeah. this is the stuff that's important. The laughter. Yeah. The moments where you can just uh, be around people you enjoy, yeah. like when you're in a difficult space. Like I think sometimes people feel bad about it. You will have a natural guilt of should I be laughing? You should yeah, you're laugh right. as yeah. often as you can and do things that warm your heart. Like you're not mm-hmm. grieving them less because you have a smile on your face. Right. You deserve that. They would want that for you. Mm-hmm. So that is a great way to wrap up this section <laughs> Absolutely. Of, Absolutely. of the podcast. So <laughs> we are going to take a quick break and then we will be right back with question of the day. All right, guys. Well, we're back, um, and <laughs> we are changing it up a bit because we got a really interesting question. Yes, we did, and a story. We were trying. We were concerned about if yeah. the topic would match the question, but we're, it doesn't. It just doesn't match the question. We no. ended that topic. We are done, and now yeah, this is a question with loss right now. that we can tell anonymous really wants to have answered, and so we're gonna un- honor anonymous. And anonymous, we're gonna answer it seriously, but we're going to. We're gonna laugh at we're not laughing at y'all. Not at y'all. We're just it's just because life. life is funny. Yeah. Loss and sex is what we just went Yeah, right. and that kind of goes. I mean, I, I might even go down a rabbit hole, but that, okay. that, that does go. That does go hand yeah, in hand. Yeah, I'm gonna right. say it's kind of related. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Courtney did say you need a good laugh, so some yeah. viewers right. are gonna probably laugh at this. Yeah. Here we go. Um, lost sex. So, <laughs> lost. Right. So, 
I love when y'all send in like bios with the um, yes. question. It just it makes it's it makes for good. I can't say TV. It's not TV, but good good podcast. So here we go. Hey guys, how's it going? I hope all is well. In this email is a little explicit, so hopefully Carter isn't around. He's not. He's outside. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm in a bit of a situation with myself mentally. My boyfriend and I have been dating since April, and he's a wonderful guy. He's everything I've prayed to God for, and he's very respectful. Listens, compromises, faithful, cooks for me, buys me things, takes me to new places and exposes me, treats me like royalty. Not exposing me, y'all, but exposes me to new things. Mm -hmm. um, but the problem is he lacks experience. He was a virgin when we met and doesn't have a lot of relationship experience. So in other words, I'm building him into the guy I want. Whatever I tell him, girl, you're going to have to proofread this stuff now. Uh, whatever I tell him, he pretty much applies. But the thing is, I'm not interested in our sex life. Having sex feels more like a chore to me. Yes, I've taught him how to give oral, but I don't really know how to teach a man how to penetrate. When I try to give him pointers during sex, it doesn't work. Maybe I'm not saying the right things or something causes, or some things are just not pleasurable, but just to mention, I'm very attached to dominant men, which my boyfriend is far from. Plus, I'm a masochist, so that doesn't help our sex life. So my question is, is sacrificing my sex life in masochist ways for a good man worth it? Because everyone has flaws, right? By the way, I'm 24 and he's 23. So, for y'all that don't know, a masochist is a... Well, I'm going to actually just read the exact Okay, you already have it. I was Google that. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so... A masochist is a person who derives sexual gratification from their own pain or humiliation. The roles of masochist and mistress is pretty much a person who enjoys an activity that appears to be painful or tedious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, think of, um, what is it called? Um, Fifty Shades. Shades. Think of that. Mm -hmm. And like she said, she's into t domin dominant men. So I'm guessing mm -hmm. she takes, she likes to be, be in the submissive role. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. You yeah. guys have at it. Um, well, Anonymous, what I will say about sexual satis satisfaction in general in relationships is that it is important. Um, and he doesn't sound like he has the experience that you're looking for. Um, and so it sounds like you're going to have to practice some patience. I also don't think, though, it's all on you to teach him. Like, that creates a power differential when you're teaching him and building him into the man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not Pinocchio. Like, he's not, like, <laughs> That's this puppet. That's Wood. That's noise his nose mix. on the podcast with you. That's just funny that you said Pinocchio, because all I saw was the nose. Just, <laughs> She didn't say he's lacking girl. <laughs> no, but I'm saying I'm just thinking he like be, he might be full lion. He, he might. Be full story I'm just laughing because lion. <laughs> you know how his nose grew when he lied. He might be in the full lion. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that might not be a problem. And if that's not a problem, that's great. Because if that is a problem, no, I don't think that lying. is the problem. Yeah, selfish is the struggle. Right, right. So he has to <laughs> learn how to do that. And you're right. As a woman, I don't know how to <laughs> how to educate a man on how to stroke. Like I just don't know. What I know is that uh, millions of men have learned. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I do know. They figured it out. Mm-hmm. And so encouraging him to do that separate of you. And y'all, dude, speak, chop, you know, if I'm messing this up. Yeah, no, no, you Like, this needs to be something that he really takes on and learns so that it's his thing. Because you want him to stroke a certain way, but that's not that might not be organic to him. And if y'all don't make it, because let's be real, you 23 and 24, if y'all don't make it, and then he trying to please every other woman with some stroke you taught him, you might ruin his whole life. Oh, especially so, a masochist stroke. Like, right. Like, and exactly. Like, you're saying you like pain and degradation Steph. and humiliation. He might not be... Beat me. Like, that might not be who he is. So, figure out... You see how I'm keeping it going? This is a perfect example of how you just be like, nah, bruh. Like, you just keep going when your friends are inappropriate. Scratch me. Like, <laughs> I mean, everybody's okay with some scratches. Yeah, not, yeah, I'm just saying. That's not yeah. masochistic. Yeah, that's no, just sick. Yeah, it is. But, for real... <laughs> you know, figuring like, are you giving him the opportunity yeah. to figure it out, and do you have the ability to be patient with him? Yeah, while he's doing that, especially that's if gotta you be his journey. You literally everything you've listed is hell. That's a lot of things that, that most people amazing. won't. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and I just feel like that piece, and y'all could have fun with getting that experience right. because mm-hmm. but I also think you need to realize and ask him what is he open to because he might not be a masochist. Right. So yeah. certain things. You might be getting pleasure from, and he might be like disgusted or like, I mm-hmm. cannot do this. Yeah. And I think and you then need that's to... hard for you to then be in the moment and give a good right. stroke when you right. like, <laughs> like <laughs> she wants, you right. know? Yeah. And I think you got to also look at, you just said you've been teaching him, but then you say you're used to a domineering male. So you mm-hmm. might need to back off on the teaching because right. you're not going to be feeling gratified if you were teaching him everything because mm-hmm. you seem like now you're the dominant one. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's one thing I was about to say. Like, the. That was kept bothering me. She said teaching him like four or five times in the thing. Yeah. Like I teach him how to do this. I taught him how to do this. I taught him how to be a, and building a man, basically. You don't mm-hmm. build a man. Mm-hmm. You can build up a man in terms of supporting him or whatever, but you can't build him somebody into right. what you want him to be. Right. Because that means he's not going to be authentically him. So maybe mm-hmm. the stroke isn't good because you're trying to coach him through a stroke. Mm-hmm. He's still figuring the stroke out. He's right. trying to figure out what sex is and how what pleasure, pleasures him or whatever. So you're trying to teach him how to do it for you isn't helping him right. figure out for himself. So I say, ask him like what he likes. Mm-hmm. And then you, Taylor, because you already experienced one, tailor what you do to what he likes. Mm-hmm. And then mix in some of the things you like with that. Right. Yeah. Then that's gonna create a different experience instead and of saying stroke like switch. this to the left, to the right, put my leg up, put right. my put my head. <laughs> you know, like that's not gonna <laughs> that's not gonna help him. You right. know what I'm saying? So like ask him what he wants to do. And then mix in with some of the things you want to do. Okay, well, do this real quick. I like when you do this. Mm-hmm. Now that you told me what you helpful. like. that's helpful. When he does what you like, then be like, oh, yeah. Like, give him lots of feedback when yeah. he does it well. Instead of being like, I don't like this, I don't like this, yeah. I don't like this. That yeah. makes people just be like, screw it, I don't want to do this Because Pinocchio, he better do yeah, right. if he's a virgin, he's right. He's ready. He's like, you know, he's he's ready to go. He just don't know how to go. So, right. but you need to also stop looking at it as a chore. Like, you need to switch your mindset before right. you enter. Because if you looking like it's gonna, like, you have the mindset this is gonna be a chore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, girl, you I'm better go, go in there yeah, in like the mood. I'm going into class. He's bad. Right. Like, okay. So you yeah. already you gonna offset him. People right. go off energies. We are. Mm-hmm. Beings of energy right. and people go off energy. So if you going in like this is a chore, mm-hmm. I'm sure he probably is like, well, like. Just do it. Just do it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You probably make his nerves bad. Right. And you already got the mindset of like whatever. So you ain't about to be pleasured. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And 
And maybe I'm wrong, but with masochism, there's so many other elements to it. So, like, mm-hmm. if he is open to the masochism, maybe the actual sex act, you need to, like, fall back on that. Like, maybe y'all need to increase yeah, the foreplay right. and do some of those pieces yeah, while he's figuring right. it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe you're forcing something that y'all aren't ready for mm-hmm. yet. And right. if y'all are building over on this side, that other part will naturally start to develop on its own if he does yeah. his own like you know experimenting and figuring it out yeah I, I agree with that yeah mix that masochism in with the foreplay yeah if you can and then that that'll make him a little bit more comfortable with mm-hmm. it potentially mm-hmm. or it may not right. but right well because what I understand of masochism part of it is the like me wanting it and you not giving it to me yet like you know what I'm saying like yeah. the submissive wanting you know what I mean like there's all this teasing and like the submissive wants it and you're like not yet yeah so and that's the way for him to then be practicing the dominance because mm-hmm. you know he's like you know tickling your fancy so mm-hmm. to speak mm-hmm. and he's <laughs> like yes and he's like not yet <laughs> you know what I mean like real talk, like that's what you want. Tickling like your fence. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Mix it with the foreplay. Spend less time actually humping and more time leading up to it. Yeah. And see mm-hmm. if that shifts the dynamic at all. Yeah. And I would say like one day. I don't know if she's already done this, but like, just make it your mission one night just to please him. Mm. That's it. You please him. Like just mm-hmm. whatever that is that he likes. What do you like, baby? Whatever. Da, da, da. Do that. Then the next time y'all have a sexual encounter, well, what do you? Well, here's what I like. You tell me what you like. Here's mm-hmm. what I like. And then, so I think that's going to make him like more open to doing it because you made it your mission to please him the way right. he likes to be pleased. And then now he's going to try to do the same thing for you. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So, um, what advice would you give? Because you did bring that up at the beginning around yeah. like you know desires when mm-hmm. you when you're a widow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what what's your advice with that? What, what do you mean? Advice like, for, for someone for that's a widow? Somebody that's a widow and they maybe even feel some guilt around like your mm, body still wants things right. and your partner's not here and how do you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's um, it's a process. So I think you got to know what you're ready for. Mm. Um, and then if you do, I mean, so I'm in a couple groups on Facebook um, for widows and widowers, specifically like young ones, like mm. myself, like around my age or whatever. And uh, so some people like go like the next week. After mm-hmm. someone passed and have sex, some people it takes like eight years. Mm-hmm. So understanding where you are, right, for one, I think it's an important thing. And if you have somebody that is willing to do that with you, I think you need to let them know that you're what you're going through. Because I think because like some things could happen, your body may not cooperate or your mind mm-hmm. might not be there or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they will know why those things are happening or what is going on if you do that. So All I right. say like don't go out there just looking for anybody. But if you do find somebody you're comfortable having it, you know, intercourse with, like, just being honest and open about where you are with that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go into super detail if you don't want to, but I need to right. at least know the basics. Mm-hmm. You know, right. the basics of that. Point. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if you can get rid of the guilt. I think the guilt is going to be something that's going to be there a little bit because you're not used to being with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will say is, like, don't do it before you feel like you're comfortable. Like, right. you know, before you're functional and not, not like, going to beat yourself up about it. You're going to have a little bit of guilt. Because you're still married, right? So, like, I'm still married right, is how I feel. Right. But until the point where you feel like you're comfortable enough, like, okay, I'm married, but I also know this is my situation. Right. So, yeah. Gotcha. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does, yeah. Okay. yeah. And while you were saying that, I'm thinking about, like, advice that I would give to people who um, are engaging sexually with people who are mm. widowed um, is, like, that is just what it is. Like, right. 
um, don't feel like you're about to be the one to come in and save them yeah. or heal them or mm-hmm. any of that. Like if you engage with them, be aware that more than likely they are not ready for a relationship. Yeah. And so this is going to be a sexual encounter and you know, it should be respectful. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't feel used, mm-hmm. but they're not ready for a relationship. Yeah. And oh, yeah. that you, you need to be very, topic. very careful with that too. Yeah. So yeah. I could go on a whole other thing with that, so I won't. But yeah, you're definitely right. right. I understand that that person is probably not where you're gonna want to be. And I will just say this. I think because like you're a widow or widower and you were uh, somebody's husband or wife, that it's easier for someone to fall in love with somebody that mm. was. You know what I'm saying? So if, if you wanna if you're interested in somebody that's just lost somebody they're kind of ready-made. They're kind of like a ready-packaged mm, husband or wife. Right, they've already been married. So they're doing right. all the things that you probably would like. So mm-hmm. it's very easy for you to like fall for them and whatever. But you may not be, they may not be there. You know right. what I'm saying? So you can't, you got to be like conscious of that. Right, because they ultimately are not your husband or wife. Like, Correct, yeah. yeah. Correct, Mm-mm. yeah. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's good advice. All right, thank you. So Anonymous, we hope that was helpful. And for the other question, thank you for more of that transparency because that was, I think yeah. that's a hard question right, that right. people probably are feeling and not ready to ask. For or, sure, yeah. yeah so yeah. All right, so quick break and then we will be back with That's Not a Thing. Um, That's Not a Thing. All right, so That's Not a Thing. Oh, do you have a That's Not a Thing Don't. this week? Look, that's a beautiful, that means you had a good Thanks. week. Oh, wait a minute. Uh oh. Uh oh. We need theme music. Do, do, do. That's not nah. a thing. That's not a thing. That was okay. Okay. <laughs> so Just come to your appointments on time. That's a thing. Come into your appointment. I had somebody come 36 minutes late for an assessment. And then you were like, thank you. Come again. Well, like, I looked at my coworker because she's like, they're here. And I was like, and? Right. <laughs> okay. And I was like, I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll do it. Because I didn't have oh, nobody afterwards. Nice. But I was. Because it was a family. It was like a bunch of siblings. So each of my coworkers was doing one. But I was just like, it's 8.36. And I had eaten my breakfast yet. So I had a whole Ooh, ass attitude. I was about to say, you was hangry? Mm-mm. But the person was really, it was a great assessment. Okay, okay. Mama wasn't, but whatever. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> um. So this is a bit of a mommy moment. Um, I am aware that I have a child who's very spirited and a lover of life and enjoys things. And I'm very protective of his spirit because I'm pretty sure all three of us have a experience um, that we experienced before 10 where a teacher or a peer or somebody tried to shame us or hurt us or, you know what I'm saying, like come for us yeah. in some mm-hmm. way that Absolutely. sits with us, Absolutely. right? I spend my life working with people, helping them unpack the shame and the hurt um, that has been put upon them from broken people. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, this week there was an incident where I learned someone was trying to break Carter's spirit in a way and embarrass and shame him. And I just would like to let the world know he don't have that kind of mama (laughs) and I will be at your door crisp early in the morning every day (laughs) until you understand he don't have that kind of mama. Um, I think sometimes we worry about you know, how we stand up for our kids, I encourage everybody to fight for your kids. Mm -hmm. The whole world is out here trying to tell, especially our little brown boys and girls, that they're not enough, and I'll be damned. Carter's more than enough, and whatever you going through, 
that ain't nothing. I got nothing to do with my child. And so if you are unable to do your job, if you work with children, but you going through and that makes it so that you can't do your job, find another job. Mm-hmm. Um, because also, like, I'm a professional woman. I have all these licenses and degrees. I will fight you when it comes to my son. <laughs> I will come in here with all my big words and just really try to be solution focused. Yeah. But when I was Carter's age, I flipped tables. And so that little girl lives in me still and she will come to your classroom and make you real appreciative of the child I've raised do you understand because you can have this child you can have this child oh my god or you can have my awesome little boy who really wants to see Hamilton that's what you can have so I just would encourage people to really look at why they do the jobs they do and to be really really careful of offloading your bullshit onto people's children Mm. um but especially mine all right Great. Wow. All right, guys. Well, thank y'all for listening a- in. Oh, that's right, Jeter. Do you have a that? Jeter stole. So here's my thing. Jeter is so pleasant. <laughs> and like I've told him before <laughs> that if he ever got angry, I would probably cry, even if he wasn't angry at me. Because Jeter is just so, I know Earl is looking like, not that dude. <laughs> 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 Earl definitely has a different experience than Jeter. <laughs> But the Jeter I it's know. Like, that's cute. Really? <laughs> that's cute. Earl, like, no, I wish I had seen Earl was looking like, who? That Jeter? He, he can get angry. I don't know that Jeter. So I've funny. known Jeter since 2004. Oh. He's always smiling and like sweet. And like, he's like, hey, sis. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So that's yeah. our relationship. So I didn't even consider that Jeter might have a that not a thing because I don't feel like Jeter has angry emotions. I do, but, <laughs> but I can't think of anything right Earl now. Knows, I would say this. Knows that part. Yeah. Do you have I'm a, just like, that's not anything like in the world that's not oh. It can be anything. It doesn't have to necessarily be personal to you. It could be just the world. Yeah, just the world. Man, listen, don't be out here doing things in college and thinking that, uh, you know, assaulting people and thinking that you can be Supreme Court justice, even though you oh, still might happen. That's not a thing. Right. That's it not a thing. That's a not thing. okay. And don't try to shame people because of that, their experiences. There's right. no timetable on time limit on when you can talk people about what happened to you. Right. That, that really just like grinds my gears when mm-hmm. I hear about that kind of thing. Right. That really frustrates me, especially when you're like, you know, a politician or somebody that should know mm-hmm. way better than to do that. Right. And you're still doing and saying really ridiculous things. Right. So, yeah. Right, yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah, and Jeter and I, again, we work on a college campus, so we've mm-hmm. seen it. Like, we've seen it firsthand of yeah. how it changes people and breaks people. Earl's seen it as well. Yeah. And so the idea that, you know, not only, again, the first year, that's another level of grief and loss. That's mm-hmm. a killing of a part of you. Right. It takes a Remember part of you. when I worked at went the that client I had that was assaulted, it was the day to her anniversary of her assault, and mm. she just randomly told me. She's like, that, yeah, it happened. It would have been yesterday. And that was her first right. time I'm talking about it. Right. Wow. Like, people just can't even comprehend it. And then they have to go on and heal. Mm-hmm. And so whenever they're ready to tell their story, you should be ready to listen. You should yeah. be ready to shut up and listen. Yeah. That's all. That's all people are asking you to do is shut mm-hmm. up and listen. Right, exactly. So, yeah. And it's yeah. not an attack on men. Or whatever right. Trump said for someone Ugh. to do that. Well, people, anything Trump said. Yeah, if it was Trump ridiculous. was like the sky is blue, I'd be like, shit, did y'all know the, the sky, sky was red? Is blue. I did not know the sky was red. <laughs> right. But like, yeah, anything he says, I immediately do not believe it. Like, so, let me go. Let me go research. Yeah. It. Right. So yeah, thank yeah. you for saying that. <laughs> no problem. Right. Of course. And we need more men to be saying that. That's what we need men to Real be talk. saying. So yeah. thanks. You're welcome. 
All right, guys. Well, uh, thank y'all for listening. Uh, Iambic, thank you so much for coming. Please tell them where they can see you and find all your things. Give them all yeah. your information. Thank you so much for calling me Iambic twice during the whole thing. <laughs> and so, it's yeah. I, like E-Y-E. E-Y-E-A-M-B-I-C, yeah. yeah. So, uh, follow me. I'm going to be on there looking like Iambic pentameter. Right, yeah. Like yeah, put, yeah. <laughs> yeah not deal. Uh, on Instagram... <laughs> Uh, pretty much all social media, Iambic, E-Y-E-A-M-B-I-C, E-Y-E-A-M-B-I-C. On Facebook, though, Iambic Poet or Angelo Jeter, G-E-T-E-R. You can find me. Awesome. Yes. And check us out on all the things. Um, we are Hats Off Podcast CLT on Instagram and then Hats Off Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. You can click the link below to our social media kit. Also, send in questions of the day to Hats Off podcast at gmail.com yes check out carter on at carter's curious corner on instagram and check out my private practice website at www.embraceabundancenc.com and all those links will be below yes absolutely um we didn't do a quote or a resource but we're gonna have some resources below Mm -hmm. um and i like the idea of quoting you with, you know, your grief is a moment with your person. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it a visit. embrace that. Yeah, yeah embrace that. Um, awesome. And, you, you know, yeah, reach out for support if you're in this process and you feel alone because there are people who can show up for you with that. So, all right, guys, well, we will talk to you soon. Until next time, be you. Be true. Hats, Hats off. off. Hats Off is brought to you by Earl Martin and my mommy, Courtney Leak. And I'm Carter.